You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Um, Our theme music is a clip of Summer Nights by the Eric Jones Trio. It's provided by our friend Mark Chesanow, who plays with the Eric Jones Trio every Thursday and Sunday at Good Times Jazz Bar downtown. Hey everyone, welcome to Arts on the Air. This is Tamara Garvey, and I have the pleasure today of being with Angela Burson. Welcome, Angela. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh, so excited to talk to you. I was just saying how Angela and I have gone back years just seeing each other at art shows, but we've never really sat down and talked, so I feel like I have so many questions built up that I'd love to know. I will start. I'm just going to read a little description from your site. Angela is a visual artist working in a variety of media, including painting, drawing, sculpture, and needlework. She's an alumna of SCAD and received her BFA in painting in 1991. And then a little bit of the description about your work. This is, I paint images of figures, their belongings in interior spaces, and often the figure is cropped or headless. So it's not a portrait, but a collection of objects and patterns. All right. Great way of putting it. I feel like for local Savannians, if you've, your work is so recognizable and you have such a strong statement that if people know you and your work, then they can completely picture this. So if you don't know Angela, maybe take a second and Google it, Angela Burson, and then you'll see her images and you'll be like, oh yes, it's just, you have such a clear vision of your work. I love it. Um, Okay, so I wanted to start, so you got your BFA in 1991. Um, What year did you actually come to SCAD? I came to SCAD in 1988. I went to college for one year at a liberal arts college in Missouri, where I'm from called William Jewell and then I transferred because I decided that art was my thing. Okay. How how much had you heard of SCAD at that point? How Not at all. Yeah? I didn't. Um, I had a boyfriend who got kicked out of that that college and he moved to SCAD and he went to SCAD oh. and he showed me the catalog. Okay. And I didn't know what I, where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do but um, during that first year of college I was just sort of trying to find something, yeah, you know, yeah. that I connected with, and that I found, you know, painting and art, drawing and art. So that's what I decided that I wanted to do. So when he showed me that catalog, I'm like, "Hey, mom, it's good timing." <laughs> yeah, that must and, have felt so. I mean, such a huge move to move from Missouri to Savannah. I imagine yeah. probably never been to Georgia no, before. <laughs> I hadn't, and I didn't even, you know, apply anywhere else. Yeah, like, I didn't even. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just. You know, Scatter that, that, yeah, that sold me, that catalog with the beach and the dorms. <laughs> what did you think when you first got to town? What were your first? Um, I remember it vividly because we drove, my mom, my sister, and I drove here, and wow. we got out of the car, and my mom's like, because <gasps> of the humidity. Oh. And just like, I just remember Ugh. that opening the door to the car and just that hot, yeah. wet, it was like August. Yeah, you were not and, ready for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was so that's my first oh my initial memory but then I thought it was really beautiful I love the old like I lived right across from the cemetery on Oglethorpe oh okay the, the colonial, colonial yeah, yeah. so um when we you know I opened the door right there wow. and um I thought oh this is so creepy and yeah. cool and the grass was like really long in there. the cemetery in the cemetery huh. it wasn't cut or anything wow. it was oh, yeah, almost yeah. a little overgrown I imagine back then the city they had they didn't have departments yet to be like really maintaining I, yeah them, so. I mean it was open and you could go in but it was not like 
Yeah. I mean, it wasn't dirty, but I mean, it just wasn't well yeah. kept at what that moment. That little neighborhood that you lived in, that weird little corner, like between Parker's yeah. and the cemetery. I've always loved it. It's these really beautiful like, old townhouses mm-hmm. in there. And there was a fire station. There still is a fire yeah, station. Yeah, was it there? Right there. It was still there. Because <laughs> I remember, you know, waving to the fire fighters <laughs> as you walked around. Yeah. Made you feel a little safer. Yeah. Where were your classes back then? Um, Anderson Hall. Okay. And it had just opened. Okay. And um, the painting classes were in on Henry, where the fashion building is. Like, um, oh, I can't. Remember. It's right around like Bull and Henry. No, it's a little more towards Whitaker. It's that really big red brick building. Oh yeah, the very big Victorian. Yeah, it's like maybe Barnard okay. and because yes. yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah, those, those were my major classes. Because there were, I'm sure, very few buildings at SCAD at that point. And then I also had a. Build, uh, I went to classes in the armory building, like that is now shop scat. It was exhibit A back then. Petter Hall, yeah. Petter Hall. So I had a class in there and I worked in that building as a work oh. study. I made copies. <laughs> of, uh, like, You're working for the like, SCAD administration. Yes, yeah, yeah, so I yeah. made copies of tests. That building, so yeah, when, when SCAD started, I mean, originally that was literally their only building, mm-hmm. and so everything was there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, it was. Um, it was really different and much smaller. Yeah. Um, how? So walking around the city oh, at that point, so Savannah was not like not a lot of tourists walking no, around. No, it all. was totally different. I lived after I moved from my first apartment on you know by the cemetery. I moved to Jones and Drayton. Oh, and amazing. I lived on the top of the house. There's like a house right there where there's like a little parking lot next to it. I lived on the oh. top floor of that. I can totally. It was like two hundred and fifty dollars a cash on Jones Street. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, and my my balcony was held up by a two by four, <laughs> and so just propped up. It on was just thing. propped up, like, and it was in disarray. Just taking your life in your hands. You win, I, you know, go in and I go to the top floor and that whole top floor was mine. No air conditioning or there was a little heater in the fireplace. Oh my gosh. Um, and then I could see the sky out of part of my yeah. bedroom. It would rain in and oh. it was like, it was a whole, there were holes. In <laughs> it was like a student hovel thing. And everything, like everything in that area, it would either be like kind of nice or totally run down yes. or, you know, it was, yeah. On really? your street, was it like it was sort of like old Savannah families with these beautiful houses and then students, basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or professors. And then um, there was still have horse and carriages coming down, like for tours. Wow. Because I remember the clomping. Yeah. You know, and, um, <laughs> so it was, it was, you know, very, I mean, you still had that very historical feel. And people said, like, you know, Savannah was kind of saved. And I don't know if this is true or not, but it was saved by kind of a recession. Nothing was being built. Nothing mm. was being torn down. Oh. Like, it was just kind of... Like that was the reason that things weren't being torn down. Yeah, because okay. I think there wasn't the money at that time. I, yeah. I could be wrong, but I, that's what I heard I like, see back that. then. Yeah. Would you go eat at Clary's? I guess you were really yeah. close to that. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> eat there that much, but I did <laughs> eat there. there. There was a Chinese food place on, it was Wings, on uh, Whitaker and Broughton. And I would eat there a lot. I've heard about that. I've heard other longtime Savannians mention that Chinese place. Yeah, that was like the only place. (laughs) When I first got to Savannah, it was um, 2005. And I also had a friend who lived on Jones Street on um, West Jones. And it was in the space that is now Arcanum. Which I think has also been a dental office at some point. But yeah, it was totally possible for many years for just... Broke mm-hmm. students to live on Jones Street, which yeah. is incredible. 
<laughs> um, how so? How was your experience at SCAD? Were you did you start painting like this imagery that you were doing as far back as that? You know, it's kind of weird. I think I always have kind of had the same imagery of coming out of me, even though it's been in different ways. The first, uh, one of the first successful paintings I remember painting was in that Jones Street house. There was an old bureau or dresser that was just had been left there for a long time, and um, so I did a painting of that, like a big square uh, painting yeah, of this dresser yeah. with nothing else, like you know. Like, yeah, so it was like your initial the iconography, <clears throat> and, and then I put like um, kind of a pattern, and I used newspaper and kind of cut out a pattern, like, you like I collaged it. newspaper? Okay. Um, but when I think back, like that was, that's that was something that always struck me was like an object on a kind of a blank, not blank, but like a patterned or nondescript. Yeah. Was the object, was it centered in the middle of the painting? Yeah. I remember doing golf clubs. Oh. Like these old <laughs> golf clubs that had a tartan bag. Yeah. yeah. And um, I remember in one critique, like someone said, you just painted a thing of golf clubs, but for some reason they look like they could be like Will Rogers golf clubs, from like the, you know, or something like. That. They look important <laughs> or old and and meaningful and something. How like that. big were these paintings that you did back they then? They were pretty big. Yeah. Um. I mean, maybe forty-eight by forty-eight. That's or very big. Forty by sixty. Were you working on wood panels even back then? No, I was stretching canvas okay. and that's why I was using the newspaper because I kept mm. wanting the smooth surface oh and I didn't know how to get it yeah and I didn't know about wood panels. was that before was it just was kind of everybody just doing canvas back then yeah you common. could buy like a big sheet of plywood at the hardware store yeah. and you know paint it and I did that but you know then it warps and you can't hang yeah, yeah. it and you, right I just didn't People have it figured putting out putting a panel onto like a cradle so yeah. it's like a real problem yeah were you, when you went to the hardware store, was it Bradley's downtown? <laughs> no, but that place was there. Yeah, it was all keys at that time. <laughs> but it was jam-packed. Uh, with, I definitely went there. I love an old, crazy hardware store. Yeah, and Mr. Bradley was always there. Oh, yeah. It was very sweet. It was very cool. I just went there the other day, and it's a, yeah. lot, a little more cleaned up and... Yeah, but, but they're was, still they're super yeah, sweet. I love them. They're so nice. I've had them break into my house once too. That's <laughs> my keys. <laughs> um, were you, so how uh, so your experience at SCAD when you finished with your degree in painting? What were you like? What were you envisioning that your career was going to be like? What were you, what did you want? I didn't really know. I just wanted to make work mm. and. Um, I took a year where I was kind of sick of everything and I just didn't paint for a year and I just worked at an art supply store and um, I got married to Greg Elterham. Okay. <laughs> and um, that was really, I was really young. Just right after college? Yeah, like right after college and we moved to Florida. Oh. And so I just, you know, would paint in the apartment and go to work at Pearl Arts and Crafts. Okay, yeah. Um, in Fort Lauderdale. And so uh, I would just paint on, in the night and I made work and I yeah. had shows and oh, um, I had like a couple I had like a solo show and I had a solo show in Savannah oh um, at Silver House Gallery which is is, um, is it gone but it's on it was on Broughton where there's like a law firm past, right past Plick okay so I, I had a big sign. show in there and it was oh. all guns <laughs> So I did like these whole. Was it because you were living in Florida, or you just? You know, I don't even remember. 
How did you okay, get guns? Let me think. I think I bought, don't ask me why, I had a guns and ammo magazine. Okay. And when I was at SCAD, I've, I uh, started painting this hunter character. And I have images of this, but, yeah. um, so I would have like this kind of cowboy guy and he was holding like a rabbit and he had a gun. Okay. And then there, then I was flipping through this magazine and they just have all these really graphic pictures of gun, like yeah. graphic, clean, just a gun on a flat yeah. surface, almost like there's something like a beautiful, like, clear like, photo. it's a beautiful, clear photo. And I was like, that's the really beautiful super dangerous i don't like guns i don't own a gun yeah i don't want to you know like promote gun yeah. violence but as an object or, like, you like yeah, as an object it. i thought it was interesting yeah i can see that um so i did i started painting these paintings of just really plain guns yeah would they have a pattern behind no them? they just had like the color yeah just the color and um i wasn't that good at drawing also and um I, a lot of times I'm kind of dyslexic, so I had the trigger going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> so they were all, I, I accidentally made them uh, disarmed. <laughs> like, I disarmed them because you really couldn't yeah, pull the trigger. Work, yeah. yeah. Um, like, after you finished After the I finished painting, the pointing back at them. I was at a show yeah. of me displaying all this work, and someone's like, the trigger's back. Wow, that was the first chance. <laughs> Which is maybe not great, but anyway, at the show we had a like a little cap or not a cap gun, but like a pellet gun, and people were shooting at like the whole yeah. or I don't know. And do you remember what the name of that of your show was? It was called was? Small Arms. Okay. And um, I would burn my artist statement. Wow. Into like a little plaque of wood. And that was your first solo show. Mm-hmm. That's and great. That was like, like nineteen ninety two or. Three yes, that's really soon after you graduated. Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah. Um, Where were you living in Florida when you did all this? Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Yeah. Um, because Greg was teaching at Broward College, okay. which is in Davie, Florida. So you stayed in Fort Lauderdale until... Five years after. And then um, moved to Missouri, which is where I'm from. Oh. And continued along all this you know yeah i stopped with the, i stopped with the guns because yeah. <laughs> a lot of people that like went to that show actually ended up purchasing guns and going to the gun range and stuff and like i was like they, they told you later that that yeah happened. and i was like mm, i don't uh, love that yeah. like oh, also it's like you want you want them to have purchased like your painting of the gun not to be inspired <laughs> <laughs> or like if you yeah, wanted a gun so much you couldn't have supported my I don't art i don't even remember if i sold any of that or not <laughs> yeah, yeah. like i don't remember but um, and then but then you felt weird because you I felt inadvertently inspired. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't really think about what I was. I mean, I, I don't know. I was yeah. young, and I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's a really um, interesting early lesson about yeah. the power of what you're putting out there, exactly. and not being able to control the outcome. Exactly. So I think there is something to that, which I so I completely moved yeah. away from that. And um, during that time, I was kind of exploring toys like tin toys because my dad's um my grandparents passed away and they had a lot of my dad's toys these are like old 50s old, and 60s toys uh 40s okay. and 50s yeah maybe even late 30s like so these really old tin yeah like you can look them up like but like they're cars like cars and, and trucks and Truck, yeah um, would it be like slingshots and like no yo-yos um, it was like it was a thing. i wish i had my book i had a <laughs> whole book of toys but they were just um 
it like my dad had this big truck it's about this big and it had little metal wheels and a little it's all steel yeah and um it's painted kind of vibrantly it's like a red yeah, yeah I can picture that. Blue yeah. truck yeah, and then he then. took um masking tape and wrote Burson's trucking service. Oh my gosh. Like, and it has like a license plate. And like <laughs> yeah. he made all this. And I had that on my mantle oh. at my house. So anyway, I started, started to get inspired. I started to get inspired by those. And that's kind of what led to the ships. Right. And those were all like 10 toys. Your series of sort of yachts. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of the progression. I was still doing objects. I was still keeping it on this clean background. And I started also making these kind of dollhouses. Oh. And that's where I started doing the patterns on each room because I was like, you know, doing the wallpaper or differentiating yeah. each space yes. with a different pattern. Yeah. And because it was my dad's and my aunt's and my grandparents' things and um they had like old telephone with the rotary yeah, and yeah. iron. So you just like this real these icons from the forties and 50s. Yeah, and they were just really beautiful to yeah. me, like compared to what we were using. Yeah, yeah. The, the design of them. Yeah. And that they would last so long. Mm-hmm. So would you paint it would just be the object like in the center of a painting mm-hmm. and then either a flat color or a background or like yeah. a pattern behind it. Yeah. Right? So not an entire interior, just like one object. No, just like one object. Yeah. Um and then when I put I'd hang them all together, they would create like if you had the phone yeah. and you added something else, like a table <laughs> and you had a ship and you had a You could make it look you, like you, it was like it started to act you know, like yeah. you put it together and and they're speaking to each other. Oh like, yeah. So you're creating something by putting these objects next to each other. It would be funny to see on the wall because they'd be huge. So it would be like an enormous telephone, an enormous well, they toy Now this, I started working smaller. Okay. Like the guns, the... I think after I got out of SCAD, I scaled down just because when you're living in a like a one-bedroom yeah. apartment and there's... You're going to be moving around. And, yeah. yeah. And and um, Greg was also painting, so we have big easels in the living room and I <laughs> have like a table. So it was like a very... <laughs> it was like all studio. Yeah, between the two of you, you had to keep the size down. Yeah. yeah. So I was still painting, you know, when he's napping. When you could, doing yeah. sketches. I had like tons of uh, journals. Yeah. With stuff in it, you know, drawings. And so it was definitely always... Yeah, you're still producing, producing stuff, you could. Even if... I think I tried to tell myself I'm going to have one show or be in one show a year. Yeah. So I always have something. That's great. Did, did you have other like artist friends who lived in Kansas City? Other people you knew who were in Kansas well? City? I did, but not where I lived. Yeah. And, you know, I felt I was very isolated there, which is good and bad. You know, yeah. but so it's like you and your husband were kind of the only artists yeah. there. And then we knew like in Columbia. It was near Columbia. Um, there were like, you know, since it's Missouri University, there were artists there. Oh. There were po- like we were friends with writers and poets. Yeah, and we had like a really cool friend group and since, a bohemian group. Yeah, <laughs> and there was like you know ex students who were very cool yeah. and artsy and um, so in Missouri, um, you know, we we're it was very isolated and decided to move to Savannah again in two thousand four. Okay. So you had been gone since like 1991-ish, mm-hmm. and then you came back in 2004. And we came back to visit a lot, so we have friends oh, yeah. So Savannah. I definitely saw Savannah yeah. over the years. And Did you come back because Gregory got like a professor mm-hmm. job here? Okay. Yeah. And we also were like, there's, you know, living in the middle of nowhere. It was like, I wouldn't live here if, if like, 
if you don't want to live here, and yeah, yeah, that, I wouldn't live here. <laughs> yeah, so why are, yeah. what are we doing? So, but it was great to, because it was cheap, and we had at this point Granger and Penelope, mm-hmm. so two kids. You know, little cute house, safe neighborhood, yeah. easy ride bikes to the park, and you know, kind of like a nice, Just like idyllic small town. Yeah, yeah, like a small town life, but it was not artistically right. Great. So you you picked up and came back to Savannah in mm-hmm. two thousand four, and then what were your impressions of it when you were like, wow, this is so amazing. <laughs> there's restaurants and yeah. like there's people that like I met so many cool people. Um, there were people with kids who were artists, which yeah, yeah. was a total rarity where I was. And um, I just thought I met like a gazillion people I could be friends with. Yeah. And by then, that was about when I moved to town to go to SCAD. And, it, you know, it was nowhere near as big as it is now. But mm-hmm. maybe, so maybe it was like a few thousand people going mm-hmm. to SCAD at that point. So that would be a huge difference. And just in terms of like when you walked around downtown, you were just seeing students everywhere. Yeah. And SCAD buildings everywhere yes. where they weren't before. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty, it was, it was touristy mm-hmm. back then. Like there were tons of bars and restaurants and yeah. there were just people wandering around who were not just locals. Right. But you right. could still like park downtown. Yeah. It was sort of yeah. a good level. It was a good level. <laughs> yeah. It was like you could get food and you could buy some yes, clothes if you needed them. <laughs> yeah, there was, <laughs> you, and as a young person, there were tons of job opportunities because mm-hmm. so many bars and restaurants. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But not really boutique hotels yet. No, no. <laughs> when I, I think, let me think. So I didn't work for the first couple of years with little kids, and it was just I would work on paintings. Yeah. And, um, but I didn't have a job right at first. But then I got a job at Primary. Oh yeah. yeah. So that was the art supply store yeah. on Broughton Street yeah. for years and years. It was a yeah. cool like independent store. Yeah, and then um, you know I. So I would always have kind of a part-time job, and I would always paint, and then yeah. I also had kids. And well, you know, it's always if you can get a job at the art supply store, yeah, and get discounts on like, your stuff. Exactly, and you meet all the artists yes. that come yeah. in and shop. And I always just like, I feel like the art supply store is like the heart. The place of to go. Yeah, I remember at the beginning <laughs> of every quarter, like all the scad students, you would go, you would go and like be in line to get your <laughs> all yeah. of your things for the quarter. Yeah, yeah, it was like a whole scene. Um, where did you live when you came back to town then? So, um, 32nd Street, um, between like Aberhorn and Lincoln. Okay. And we owned, like bought that house. Bought house. And there was no, like maybe one other house that was, had people in it. Yeah. It was very empty. empty. And I remember the real estate agent not wanting to leave her car there. Wow. And I was like, you want us to buy a house and you don't think it's good at safe? She maybe didn't want you to actually buy that house. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, no, you're right, you're right. And then we left it, it was fine, and uh, we bought the house. That's what, yeah, I remember during that era, it's because also SCAD, it was still small enough that, like, of all the students, everybody lived in the Victorian district. Mm-hmm. Like, it was not super expensive, it was very affordable, and just everybody you knew who was young, everybody yeah. just, like, it's like the furthest south that anyone lived was, like, Henry or Anderson. Oh, yeah. Just everyone lived in the downtownish mm-hmm. area. So you just being, like, one street outside of that would have been, like, like, yeah. like a little, it was a little bit beyond the it border. It was, it was. When I was, when I was at Seattle in like the 80s, the edge of like where it got a little dangerous was like price. 
okay. and Gaston. Yes. And like, and then um, yeah. maybe like Barnard on the other side. I remember, yeah, the, like way back in the day that Gaston was like the edge of what yeah. the real downtown people yeah. considered. And then the Victorian district would have been like this no, no. man's land. And um, when we were in Scad, Greg lived in the Victorian district and on like 31st. Mm-hmm. And Lincoln, and he paid like $65 a month. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, the first... And it's a beautiful house. <laughs> it's an amazing house. I think all the rents that I ever paid in the Victorian district were like three to $400 or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, okay, so, you, so then at what time did you start having shows in Savannah? I started entering the SCAD shows. Okay. And I think 2006 was the first kind of... Um, I put some ships in this show called Cross Currents. Cross Currents. And that was at what was then the Red Gallery, which is now the Goodstein Gallery okay. on, by the library. So um, I had a, just a couple shows in there. Yeah. And that was the whole start of my SCAD connection, like re, you know, re-coming in to yes. being like filling... Like the administration discovering you. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So I think... Um, President Wallace was there, and she was like, I love this. And she said, you know, I'm going to buy this one, and welcome to the SCAD family. And, oh, you know, did she was, buy it for herself, no, personally? No, okay. but she was, like, Personal. super sweet. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, you know, that was a great <laughs> experience. And I felt very, like, like a part of it, just yeah. from that simple. Like, yeah, I mean, the president of the college. I know. Bouncer, right? That's great. You know, from that, just that simple in, interaction. Were there other artists who are still in town that we would know that you remember showing with at that point? Like, oh, like gosh. was Marcus Kenny has been here for a very yeah, long time? Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing his work, um, and it was already, like, at the Jepson and stuff. As oh. far as I remember, I could be totally misremembering, but I remember Genevieve... Um, Rutana, she she was like, do you know this artist? And he, she, it was Marcus Kenny. She said, no, no, I don't. But you know, I started yeah. to like to get to know. You know, I think I was isolated in like my little kid land and trying to like move into that house and get it. Yeah, the way. it took for, it took like a year to feel like to get it going. Yeah, just to, <laughs> that there weren't boxes in the way. Yeah. And, I don't know. And you saw so I saw in your um in your resume that you you had a show at. It was the Paling Chan Gallery yeah. in 2009. And I remember Skad used to use that as a gallery. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, for some reason, it was they a group show. not use it anymore. But that was a cool space. It was really cool. And that was like this project. The reason I put it in there was because it was really an interesting project. And it was called like Low Country Babylon. And um, the artist Adam Sianovich made this like tower. And then all these artists like put stuff in the tower. Oh. And like it was a 3D tower. Yeah, but okay. you couldn't you couldn't really walk up into it, but it was sort of spiraled up in that gallery, which so had it was a high ceiling. Like a big dollhouse kind of thing. Kind of. Okay. Yeah, but it was kind of more of a I don't know, a tower. And there there was just stuff like you know, screwed into it. Oh, yeah. It what was did you really make? cool. What did you make for that? So it had to be Savannah themed, and I made a pair of socks. Um, with like two socks okay. on a red back, striped background and then they had like a yellow and blue stripe at the top and they were just two little socks yeah. and, and I called it Danny Hansford's socks because he was the one that got killed in the midnight of, wow right? Is yeah. He, yeah that's the name of the guy yeah Yeah. so I, that's how I connected my did he, have, did he famously have socks no. like that? I just was like imagining what kind of socks he might have <laughs> and that's yeah <laughs> But that was that was my piece, and I still have it actually. 
actually. I saved it because oh, right. I really liked it. I've seen paintings of yours that are just like like the tube socks hanging down with a pattern. So I don't know if it's that specific painting or if you then got onto I, a series of socks. I think I, I definitely got okay. interested in socks that's because that's socks one of the things you. that I, it, when I'm, you know, if you're on the, on the airplane or you're sitting around people watching, I always look at people's socks. Oh, yeah. Because that really tells you a lot about like, I wonder what kind of socks they're wearing. Very funny. Like, yeah. Do they have holes in them? Are they yeah. nice? Or are they like some of those people have a like statement. a wild, funny, whimsical yeah. sock on? Yeah. Now I'm looking at my. Socks. I know. I did not wear cool socks today, <laughs> but I got a pair for Christmas. Well, they're but, blue. Yeah. That cool. said, "On my way to my next mistake." <laughs> <laughs> Who bought you that gift? My sister. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> But they're like hot pink and they have, you can't see it because your shoe covers yeah, the words. But you know it's there. I know it's Yeah, it's like having underwear with a weird thing mm-hmm. on it, you know? Yeah, and that's <laughs> part of like, I was doing underwear series you too. You did do an underwear series. Series too. But that's like, different because, so that you're looking at people and you have to imagine what their underwear right. might look like. Yeah. All right, everybody take note of this. I'm <laughs> here with Angela. Make sure you have your best <laughs> socks on. <laughs> Um, well, this is a great one. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a break. It's a good place to wrap up for now. I'm with Angela Burson, and we will be back. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Trees are one of Chatham County's most treasured natural resources. Beyond their beauty and cultural significance, The impact of trees are far-reaching and compounding, spanning from economic benefits to health improvements to climate change resilience. Trees are woven into every aspect of our lives. Savannah Tree Foundation protects and grows Chatham County's urban forest through tree planting, community engagement, and advocacy. More information is available at savannatree.org. This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Brighter Day Natural Foods. Brighter Day Natural Foods has been serving Savannah's healthy food and supplement needs since 1978. It is located at the corner of Bull Street and Park Avenue. They have online ordering and curbside delivery available. And now a walk-up window for smoothies, juices, and sandwiches from the deli. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. More information can be found at brighterdayfoods.com. What does it mean when we say that WRUU is a community radio station? It doesn't just mean that we invite the community to create programming. And it doesn't just mean that we're a voice for the community. It also means that we're counting on the community to keep us going. And you are the community. Almost all of our modest budget comes from small annual or monthly donations from listeners like you. You get to enjoy our community-focused programming because many others have stepped forward to do their part. Now do your part by joining our community of listener donors. Go to WRUU.org right now and make a one-time or monthly donation. And thank you for supporting Savannah's community radio station, 107.5 FM. This is Tamara. Welcome back to Arts on the Air with Angela Burson. Hello. Local awesome <laughs> artist. So when we, I think when we went on the break, we were talking about that you'd started painting socks. That was one of your icons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you have these kind of, um, so 
I guess like that era of your paintings, you're doing like a single object, like the toy boats or the socks or like a suitcase. Mm-hmm. When so, at what point did you transition to doing these more fully, the people and the interiors? So at um, a certain point, I started doing these sort of headless people, and that was around twenty ten or eleven. I mean, it's all I was kind of all doing all of it yeah. at the same time. So I was doing these kind of twins and sisters, and um, and then I was um, kind of I was in a major life transition, and I was thinking about like baggage, and and I was doing already kind of incorporating some of the luggage, and yeah. I was thinking like you know of pack packing up or moving or traveling or or emotional baggage, yeah, and, and a lot um, of layers and, to it. Yeah, yeah, so I started kind of. You know, that's when that sort of started to come in. And so I was doing these kind of figures, and then I started cropping the figures. And I was doing two heads, and yeah. that was a certain, you know, I didn't do that like for you, too long. You were including the heads for a while. Right. Yeah. And so then I, I had one figure with no head and almost like a mannequin, like with a dress. Um, and I had started, I have some paintings from 2006 that just have uh, clothing. Okay. Because I I went through this time where I was doing these paper dolls. Oh. And so you get those clo- the little clothes with the tabs. The tabs, yeah. And um, so I was doing these sort of paper dolls. So all these things were floating around me. And I think they all started to come together and become in one one painting. <laughs> so there would be like a person holding a bag um, so no longer was it just a piece of like a dress, right? Um, but they were, um, like they were just cropped. They're holding back. They're going somewhere. Yeah, they the had like I always like gave the woman like her purse and her luggage and yeah. maybe like a symbol of some kind. Like um, sometimes I'd put a cameo on them to give them kind of an identity because I didn't want them to be like oh, that's Jill, or that's my sister, or that's, you know, I didn't want it to be, like, this specific person. I wanted yeah. to have, not have an identity. Each but to has... have the identity was, like, the things. The, the, They're objects, yeah. The objects. Yeah. So you're really into just objects and jewelry and bags that are, like, of a past era. Mm-hmm. Right? And also, when, when I go through museums and... Um, you know, going back to like traveling and stuff, I would go to like see Dutch, you know, we'd see Dutch paintings and all sorts of like historical paintings. And what I loved was just going up and looking at the cuff or the rings or how yeah. they painted the jewelry or the lace or yeah. I just loved all the details. Because they would be that detailed. Those They're very paintings. detailed. Yeah. And I didn't really care about, I didn't love the whole painting as a thing. Yeah. Like I, I almost cared more about these little intimate details and the you know what that said about the person yeah that was and being it, painted and I think older clothing also just was so beautifully made and mm-hmm. it would they would care about the details and maybe like the cuff would have something special on mm-hmm. it the way that clothing made today just doesn't yeah do and that's really. that's what I I think like my goal is to get it to a point where I can put the details in because that's the most fun part and that's kind of where it comes alive for me yeah did you ever study, I mean, did you take any classes that were either fashion or interior design? No. You seem like you have so much no. interest in that. <laughs> no, but I am interested in it. And yeah. I have just a natural 
interested in like you know how I design my space and my house and what I pick out and when I moved to my house in Ardsley Park I just thought I only want things in this house that I really like I don't care if I have like one chair in the whole place like it's gonna be like something that I like so I um you know set out to kind of pick out these certain objects and things were I mean I didn't buy anything really I just trade sometimes I trade things yeah. or it would be things for my family or that's nice um, and which is kind of what happens in my paintings too <laughs> do you look at um to get inspired of the objects do you look at magazines or do you go online I have a couple books that I go to. I have this like menswear book that's like the history of menswear. And so it goes all the way to like these stiff collars and, you know, um, spats and shoes. And then it goes all the way up to like modern times. And um, I love vintage clothing and I like to, I just kind of, I don't have anything specific. I just, sometimes I see something and I, and it just, comes to yeah. me like that's oh I love that like there's this one Tom Ford suit that is a for a woman and it has like cropped sleeves and a pleated skirt and pockets like I was like <laughs> oh my god that looks like my painting cool, yeah. you know and so I'll use that that little yeah. suit as a basis for a lot of my work or um like if I have the woman like the woman holding the camera or something like that she's got a very specific suit on and um, yeah and, I, and the old-timey cameras yeah and so I um I was doing all these men's suits with ties and I really like doing that and I thought I want to do like I want it to be a female or it doesn't actually have to be a female but like I just wanted like a tie on this powerful symbol, but on this sort of like dress. Yeah. And so I just designed it. My, you know, <laughs> like I mean, it's just very simple. It's like just a yeah. You came up with a shape for a shape, so, and yeah. then I just embellish or change things. And um, but yeah, I didn't really look at anything specific. I think well, it's cool. I mean, being in Savannah, because I a lot of times will leave the house and just go to like either pick or Joe or like mm-hmm. the right square antique mart and just walk around and look at the, like we have all these really cool antique marts yeah. here. So I'd imagine for you too, you can just like go out and look and like see really cool chairs in person. I, yeah. Or look at vintage clothes That's and take exact. photos. Of I do that. Yeah. Um, I go to pick or Joe's. I buy things at pick or Joe's. So one of my main things in my paintings is this, this mid-century bureau and I, I oh, own yeah. that. Like I, I bought it at bureau. pick or Joe's. I know that bureau. <laughs> I, rec- I remember that from your paintings. And, um, <laughs> and, um I also like, you know, I'll go through and they had an old pair of ice skates, which I haven't really used, but yeah. I took a picture of them. That's great. And I just, yeah. you know, it's something I'm always not consciously looking, but when I see something, I, I take a picture and I print it out and I have this huge, oh, your stack of, oh, I have my whole stack of like, and they're all like just, postcard size. Wow. That's yeah. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you need cats too. Yeah, but that's nice like a Tom Ford and like headless. Suit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care about them. But anyway, you need a little filing system. I do. <laughs> They're just like a really random. So like, I, t- I love this. It's a picture of David Bowie. He's wearing like this awesome striped tie, tie and yeah. this cool lapel shape. I, and the, I feel like the position of his hand holding the cigarette mm-hmm. is your thing as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just I have this collection of photos and oh, yeah. I reuse just things and I 
I'm always printing stuff out. I sent you a photo of an amazing chair that I once yes, bought at Virgin's Dundee yes. that I was like, I'm going to send this to Angela. Maybe someday she'll use it and yes. immortalize this great chair that I have. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, do you, I did want to ask you if you ever, so I'm sure like people make this connection of your work to like Wes Anderson mm-hmm. paintings or Wes Anderson movies all the time, but I didn't know if you'd ever like specifically painted any of his characters or any of his clothing or anything. I have, I have one, I have definitely painted one dress and that was the in Moonrise Kingdom, the the girl has the dress that's pink with white cuffs and a white collar. Yeah, I did a painting <laughs> like a pretty old one. Um, I guess right after that movie came out, yeah. that was just that the dress. Cuffs and collar was your thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you? I like in your paintings. You there's certain like icons that you do tend to repeat a lot and I notice you do um a lot of times the women are holding flowers and there's a lot of like baby's breath Mm -hmm. which I think is so beautiful and it's like so delicate and I imagine you have to use a tiny tiny brush to do it and I imagine by now you're really good at doing it like there's certain things I paint a lot like trees and I don't Mm -hmm. have to think I can just do it and that's how I picture you with like the baby's breath yeah you know I I I don't know how I it was a Queen Anne's lace originally but I've yeah. modified it oh, to, that's to right. be yeah. like it's just kind of like that's say, it's not about. really based on reality it is originally it was supposed to be that but <laughs> you know I feel like I've just made it this thing the like, look of it is so beautiful it's so delicate thank you and I love painting it but sometimes I feel like okay you have to change it up you cannot keep painting the same thing <laughs> so um I tried to I go back to it every now and then, Yeah. but I also try to like branch out and try to find like <laughs> other things because I'm, you know, I feel like I need to Yeah. not just You got a little too of, deep into it. Yeah. What are some objects that you just love, like the actual physical doing I, of them? I love the suitcases. Like I was thinking I want to do a painting of someone sitting on like a Louis Vuitton trunk. <laughs> Or like, not the real brand, you know, okay. but like that style. The pattern of the Louis Vuitton. No, I don't think I want to do yeah. like the. I would make my own designer, but you know, but a trunk is such a cool thing. Yeah, it's like a has bigger anymore. suitcase, <laughs> and you need two people to carry it. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm definitely that's in my future, and um, but I love doing the suitcases. I really love doing the flowers. Mm-hmm. There's something that just comes out of me like that. The painting of the side view of a person with a suitcase like I just don't get sick of doing that yeah it feels like every time I just I just want that I'm not done with that there's some things you know that you feel like you're done with right right and you don't like oh but you still like I don't want to paint that again there's certain things I was just looking yours and thinking that it's funny like not just like the style of these old-time purses and handbags, but also things, people don't really, like, hold things in their hand anymore because most things go over your shoulder or they go across your body or, like, suitcases you just pull with a mm-hmm. handle, but they don't, usually people aren't just, like, carrying things in their hand, which is so weird. Like That's that an whole, interesting point. You're right. This whole, like, world of just, like, carrying a thing isn't a thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I never thought of that. I could see you also painting watches a lot because mm. people don't necessarily wear watches. Anymore. No, that's true. But I love watches for many reasons, but they're cool looking. Yeah. And there's so many beautiful watches in the world. Yeah. But just the time aspect, like just representing time. And, you know, when I think about like what is valuable, it's time. Yeah. Like 
I mean, that's the most valuable thing to me. And, and um, so I always like the noting time, you know, or, or marking time in some way, yeah. like, or being aware of time passing or... I once I read this thing once that whenever you look at a clock to look at what time it is, you don't you're not actually looking to see what time it is. You're looking to see what time it isn't, because you're never looking at it purely just to know. You're always thinking about what's the next thing that you have to do and how long you have until right. Then. Right. I thought whenever I, I think about that a lot because it's like literally impossible to look at a clock and not immediately Think jump to a time it is not right yet. right <laughs> that is so true <laughs> 30 minutes yeah yeah, go. yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so i kind of wanted to transition a little bit and talk mm-hmm. about you just recently from fall when i ran into you in the fall at some show and you were about to enter this like succession of very big shows that you were doing and so i remember being like okay once you're done with this crazy period <laughs> i would love to talk to you so I think you said um, at the break we were talking. It this stemmed from you being in New American Paintings. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that was the. Well, I was showing at Kobo Gallery, and then um, I had work in ShopScan, mm-hmm. you know, which was being a lot of it was it's just being purchased and going to interesting places, and I feel like I just started to get on the radar like slowly yeah. through these different things, and then I applied to New American Paintings, which. We talked about I I applied to that so many times and I almost gave up and yeah I was, and then have, I just have you for years been applying yeah okay that <laughs> and I feel just, better <laughs> <laughs> I just I think I just always applied like yeah I, you know who knows All right, what the juror will be like you know or <laughs> so I I uh, and then I was shocked that I got in um, <clears throat> but that's then that started like you know, people look at that and I think I was in Create Magazine after that and okay. like the Jealous Curator blog. Um, so just and like the all these things. things started to snowball and then, yeah. you know, um, this ga- gallery started reaching out to me and some, you know, worked out and then some didn't. Like there were, oh, okay. mul- there were, there more, were more, but I just like, I didn't have enough work at the time or... You know, it didn't feel like it was maybe the right yeah. fit. And I, I started showing with this gallery in Madrid. And um, I liked a lot of... I looked at, like, everyone's websites. And yeah. Stuff. I, I just kind of, like, really liked their artists. Um, their stable artists. Okay. And, you know, I could see how my work fit. Yeah. And I think that was, like, the key for me is, like, how do how do I, like... my How does my work relate to some of these other people? Like, you want to be in something that makes sense yeah it's interesting because you to join a gallery like you want to think of the customer base that they have is going to like your work so it's like your work has to fit with the other artists Mm -hmm. already marketing but be different so that there's a reason for you to be there it's like a real fine line yeah so um so the gallery of rafael perez hernando is in spain and then i started showing with hashimoto contemporary and just like in you know group shows yeah um, and so those two things were kind of like, the same you know, keeping me busy. And then and the gallery space you were in, it looked like an art fair there. I was in an art fair and then an art show. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and How? then I think I'm trying, so I've been in their gallery and then represented at a and fair. Yeah. How did it work with them? Were they looking at pieces that you've done and picking or did you create work for them? It started out kind of slowly where they just purchased a couple pieces from me. They probably wanted to see them okay. in real life. They just bought them outright from mm-hmm. you? Okay. 
Um, and I didn't know, like, I thought they were just buying them, you know? I didn't know it was, like, a gap, like... Like an audition? Yeah. Okay, interesting. <laughs> so I just was like, okay. Um, so so then, you know, then they're like, you know, we really like your work. And, you know, we did that a couple more times. Yeah. So it's just small things. So okay. I've only shown small things because it's easier to ship them. and So they'll pick out things that you've already painted. Or they'll sit, like, for this show, you know, they say, we need 8 to 10 or 10 to 15 little paintings. Okay. And then I would send a picture of everything I've made, and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think they said no. I Maybe one one or two that was like, nah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of how that worked. And then um, at the same time, um, I started this woman in New York, Yitong Wang, she saw my work in Shop SCAD, and so it was completely different from oh, the new work cool. and paintings um, web kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> um, and we just, um, she purchased something, and then we just started talking, and um, that's how I started showing with her. So she's with the Hashimoto? No. Okay. She is her own thing. Oh. She's like, um, she does pop-up shows in her apartment which okay. is this beautiful um space in Soho okay and um so she might have like maybe four shows a year I didn't realize it was her house I remember you yeah. said it so it's, yeah she just like hangs a show in mm-hmm. her beautiful apartment and mm-hmm. then just invites the public she, no not or? the public okay. just like people that she knows she's kind of an art advisor and she's yeah um, you know, a collector herself. So she knows a lot of young collectors and people and you should just have like those people yeah. come in. She's and like, it's almost like an independent art yeah. type person. Yeah. So did she just pick out some of your work and you shipped it to her and she hung it? Um, she, we did a lot of back and forth together. Like she came here, I came there. Oh, like yeah. we really like, you know, really worked on it together. Worked on it. Okay. And so, um, you know, I've just painted, we kind of like early on thought you need this many paintings of varying sizes and yeah. then, you know, I just sort to of... fill her walls? Yeah, like we, you know, like we need something big here yeah. and something and I went, you know, and looked physically in the space, took pictures, like, you know, kind of measured things yeah. and... Um, just multiple trips in person to do all this. Yeah, and so it was, um, and then she'd come and check check on my progress, yeah. you know, and just see, like... What was the biggest piece that you did for her? Uh, it was, like, 72 by 40. Wow. So did you ship the pieces to her and she installed them, or did you go do that, too? Um, she sent, like, we like an art handler, and they came and picked everything up, took it there, and yeah. she had an installer. Okay. And I went, too, again... Um, and like, you know, after the pieces arrived, like I came and spent like a week plus there, like, you know, setting it all yeah. up and meeting. And we didn't have like, since it's her own home, like she would, we would just have like, um, people come in like a few people at a time okay. and just kind of have, you know, a nice ch- casual one-on-one yeah. chat. You're just sort of available for people to come through. Yeah, and to meet. You know, and you know. When you went to New York, did you have time to go to museums or mm-hmm. galleries or anything? I did. I did a little bit. Um, I saw the Merritt Oppenheim show and the Alex Katz show at the Guggenheim. Oh, I could see Alex Katz being really oh, inspiring. I loved it. it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and Mayor Alpenheim is really, at first I was like, oh, you know, I'm not sure, but I loved it. I'm gonna look at that. I loved it. Cool. So, it was, I got, I got the catalogs for yeah. everything. <laughs> Did you go to any vintage shops to go scout out for new Purses. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. I feel like you're thinking it's like cuffs and purses. <laughs> we and did go to canvas. vintage shops, but you know, I feel overwhelmed yeah. in some of those. Like they're huge there, and some of them are like too much. And I just yeah. To me, I visually overwhelming. Yeah, it was visually overwhelming. But yeah. we did a lot of walking and eating. How, yeah. How did you? And like then just... I did a lot. Of, I was working, you know, because yeah. I don't know. You know, you have to go and. I was in my work head too. And but did it feel really overwhelming just being in New York, like the crowds and everything? No. Did you like I liked it? Because I stayed really close so that I didn't have to do much. Yeah. I just knew how to get there. And, and she so, was in Soho. It's such a cool area. And she's area. so nice and cool. <laughs> like, it was not a problem. And it was like, you know, you can get everything in that area. Yeah. So. Um, Amazing Chinese food. Yeah. Close by. Yeah. Could you can. see ever moving there? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Just because I. I would, but it would—it's just a lot more expensive than living oh, yeah. in Savannah. So <laughs> I feel like I don't want to make myself um, like not be able to afford yeah. anything. <laughs> well, it's really cool now to have this um, really big contact there mm-hmm. of someone. To yeah, it's great, and the Hashimoto Contemporary has a gallery in New York okay. that I've showed at. It's like kind of in Chinatown. And it's really cool. And then they have one in San Francisco and one in L.A. Wow. So I'll have a solo show in L.A. in 2023, which oh, is like in now. December. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, this coming December. So I'll have another big thing to work okay. towards. Do you have any like kind of new things that you're trying out or new directions or anything like that that you're looking to branch into? I don't know. I'm thinking of trying to work on Canvas a little bit oh, instead yeah? of panels Why for that? big things. Oh, sorry. <laughs> because um, I feel like the panels, when you get really, really big, they're so heavy. Okay. I just thought it might be easier to transport it. And then, yeah. you know, it's hard to find big panels. And I don't, I'm, you know, I don't know. I just feel like once I get to a certain size, yes. that the panel is not the answer. But image-wise, I feel like, I'm going to where I'm staying where I am. Yeah. But every time I do something, it grows, and you know I learn something or I incorporate something different or yeah. I maybe you know I've been thinking about movement and a lot of my paintings are really still and I'm thinking about like what if they're like more on the move <laughs> or yeah. um, the position of the legs and feet is it new for it to look like she's in the middle of a step. No, but it's not something... I've done it in a lot of small paintings, but it's not something I've done in large. Yeah. So, I, you know, I kind of like to explore... I, I like when I do something successful small, I like to see what it would look like big. Yes. And so sometimes I'll take, like, if I made a 11 by 14 painting, I think I love this painting. I want to do that, like, on a bigger scale. Yeah. And, um, and it just changes, and then you have to incorporate more details and there's more uh you have to activate all these big surfaces which yes. is yeah so cool. to think about yeah i mean it's not the thing you know really it's a challenge but yeah. i like doing that we talked about this a little like during our break but so you don't do tons of sketches 
mm-hmm. on paper and then draw them. You just like sort of do the drawing immediately yeah. on the surface. It's like you can kind of see on that, like you know, just kind a of little background lines. Yeah, a little a little line charcoal and. Do you so? How do you do things that are um like I imagine for you by now figures and like clothing and stuff is softer and you can just sort of freehand it, but things that are like the proportions and everything has to look really good, like bureaus and beds. Mm-hmm. How do you I have a get the drawings right? And I measure, you know, I, I measure my horizons. I measure like, you know, with the angle sometimes if I need to, you know, I, I might just pencil it in where, how I want my, not pencil, but like fine charcoal. Yeah. So I get my composition kind of, you know, worked out, and then I might take a T-square and say, okay, this is like a horizon line, and I get a really straight one. Okay. <laughs> and then I can work from it. So, um, yeah, I just definitely sharpen things up as I paint, and when you paint, it gets all wonky, and then you might need to take a ruler or a triangle or something oh, yeah. and just draw a new line. Then I paint, like, then I'll paint that background color, and then I'll paint the skirt color, and then I'll paint the background color, yeah, and I'll paint the skirt again. until when, I get it, like, really as perfect as a human. When you see a long, even a little painting takes a really long time, because yeah. I'm kind of a perfectionist, and I don't let something go, really, if I don't feel yeah. good about it, and so um, sometimes they have to sit around and, like, I have to look at them. Yeah, for a while. <laughs> yeah. And you're working, it looks like you're juggling always a bunch of things at once. Yeah, yeah. But the kind of one, the last thing I know mm-hmm. we touched on in your bio, I feel like people maybe wouldn't know that you also do needlework as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same iconography of like hands holding a purse or something and stockings, but on needlepoint. Yeah. Yeah. And you do that sort of in your spare time when you have time to kill. Yeah, yeah. I do it. I started when um, my daughter was in ballet. And I would always have to go and just sit there for yeah. like an hour at the JA. <laughs> and um, so I just started um, bringing a little piece of linen and some thread and um, just doing these little needle points with a hoop. And um, I really liked the way that it looked because I wasn't, I don't know how to do it in the traditional sense, yeah. but I was just sort of painting with thread. Yeah. You know, so I felt like if I needed a highlight, I'd pick a little tone up or, you know, a <laughs> low light or a shadow. And, yeah. You know, pick you a keep cool. going back and doing yeah. that. Yeah. And so I just, you know, like. That's funny. So it's not, in, it's the back doesn't look like a professional. Oh, yeah. Like, needlepoint <laughs> person would want it, you know, they like. They would really have planned it out. And, do you um, do a little sketch on the way? Yeah, I do it with, do it. Um, I'll just do a sketch with pencil. Because it's just something you can take and you can drop it immediately. Yes. You don't you don't waste a bunch of stuff that you, you don't need to like, it out a bunch of brushes. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Just this so I can it. drop it at any yeah. moment, which was what I needed. So that's how like I started. Scrunch it in your suitcase. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you use linen on it too, because it just it looks very high quality. It's just Thanks. really thick and it's it's more old timey feeling. It's just yeah. I just love that that painter's linen you know I just use like linen yeah, it's canvas or whatever thank you this has been a pleasure really getting to know you and I love it and I'm very excited for all these new oh, thank you foreign it's, country it's and been so across fun. America opportunities so you're having yeah. you. and you're giving me more inspiration that I will continue to apply to new American yeah. things and I'll just keep getting denied <laughs> over and over again yeah I, I we were talking about this earlier about <laughs> new American paintings but I I um think that you just have to keep making work and applying to things and like <laughs> you probably get a gazillion no's like yeah. like I have too and um 
You just have to keep doing it. But I always had this idea of like me and all my friends that we would like, like just put together all of our rejection letters (laughs) and like string them together on a clothesline and just have like miles and miles and miles of rejections just to show like how much people go through. You can't get nothing good will happen if you never apply to anything or try. And I think people in the movie don't realize they look at you know certain artists who are like having some measure of success and imagine that you don't get denied from anything. Mm -hmm. But I get denied from stuff all the time. Me too. I mean (laughs) just putting that out there. Okay. Well thank you. (laughs) Thank you again, Angela. It's been a pleasure and I'm excited to see what comes next. Thanks everyone for listening to today's interview with Angela Burson. I want to give a shout out to another cool show on WRU I recently started listening to every Friday from 3 to 4 p.m. Host Tom Kazka. He plays the Sixth Borough Playlist. It's a New York, New Jersey, old-style, freeform radio program. It's going to be unexpected mashups like Cole Porter and Led Zeppelin. Every Friday, 3 to 4 p.m. Next up on WRUU, that old Savannah magic from 4 to 6 p.m. It's a variety show featuring Savannah history, radio theater, interviews, and music. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul.